0: Hello everyone, welcome to God's Internet Church episode 116 And we're going to be continuing on our study on the book of Job And we're on the very last two chapters It's my goal today to finish these two chapters To finish up this Bible study But like I said, that you can go to this podcast And, you know, re-look it up from the first chapter Um, it's been a a long ride, but it's been a great, great study. And then I'm not sure exactly which way we're going to go. God's got a couple ideas. We may go into the book of Psalms, um, for the podcast study, or I've been toying with an idea talking about prayer. Because of what's and, and um, what's been going around lately with Asbury, Kentucky, the Asbury Church in Kentucky, and I've been also considering a few other Bible studies too. and but before we can do that, you know I'm just waiting on God to direct me with one, but before we do that, we're going to go into our study, so let's open up in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we ask you to take a coal of heaven's altar and anoint these lips of clay. Let everything I say be what you want and not what I want, Lord. And let this podcast go where you want. And let it teach the people you want. Let it reach the people you want, Lord. We ask you all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, last Tuesday... We left off with God making a speech to Job, basically confronting Job and said, Because Job made one mistake through this whole trial and tribulation that he was going through. And that mistake was believing that he could do some things better in a roundabout way than God. Well, God got a little upset. Nah, he didn't really get upset, but he did come and confront Job. He basically told him and his friends, you know, who who are you? Were you there when I created the heavens? Were you here when I created the earth? Were you here when I created man? Were you here when I created the animals? What What makes you think that you're an expert to tell me basically how to do my job? And then he basically told Job that I'm going to ask you all these things and I want, I'm giving you a test and I want an answer. Well, what we're going to do today, God is still... Doing his speech. Okay. And we're going to go through. Chapter 40 and chapter 41. And. See exactly. How this all plays out. Okay. And we're going. So let's go to the chapter. 40 of the book of Job. Chapter 40. The book of Job. And we're going to look at verses one through five to start it. Then it says, Then God said to Job, Are you arguing with me? Then show me that I am wrong. If you cause, if you accuse God, then you must answer God. Job answered God. I am not important. I cannot answer you. Now will I say nothing? I did accuse you but I cannot answer you. I spoke, but now I will be silent. Job spoke to his friends as if he knew everything. He had thought carefully about his troubles. So he was confident that his speech were right, and he was sure that he was wise. But then God spoke, and Job, ideals did not seem important okay in other words what does that mean well when he was going through the trial and he considered everything you know that was going on and he kind of he kind of uh, confidently that his speech was right but now since God is confronting him okay he's starting to see the errors of his ways. And he's basically telling God here that, hey, I cannot argue with you. I cannot answer you. I did say what I said. But now, I can't answer you. I'm not important enough to answer you. Why couldn't he answer you? Because he knew He knew that he was wrong in accusing God. Now, I want to talk here for a second about us. When we go through our trials and tribulations, you know, I've heard it said that when we get upset and when we get mad, and God thinks it's cute. But let me tell you something, saints. The Bible does tell us that when We go through trials. He wants us to trust him. The Bible always tells us he gives us a way of escape. And I think it hurts God. Even though he knew it was coming because he's all-knowing. It hurts God because we didn't take and have enough faith in his word. But some of that faith in his word some days is because of the lack of Of reading God's word. We read God's word cafeteria style. We read God's word to say we accomplish things. But we need to go into reading God's word. Not just to learn his word. Not just to learn his principles. But to get to know God. God wants a relationship with you. And it hurts him when you can't trust him. Just like it hurts you when your friends and family don't trust you. Okay? But when Job was confronted... About his sin. He says that he can't talk about it. In a roundabout way. He got quiet. And he probably repented. Don't say he repented. But he probably did. Because he knew he was wrong. Okay. Now. Let's look at verses. 6 through 14. And verse 6 says. Then God spoke to Job, the storm hid God, and God said, pure yourself as a man, I have tests for you, and you must answer me. Do not claim that I am unfair. Do not accuse me to argue that you are innocent. You are not strong as I am, and your voice is not powerful as mine. If you were like me, you would deserve to be great like a king. You would deserve honor. You would be really important. You would be angry with evil men. You would punish proud people, and you would make them humble, and you would kill wicked men. All these evil people would die together, and you would bury them. If you were so great, then I, God, would give you honor, and you, Job, would be able to save yourself. In this speech, Job spoke as if he were wiser than God. Okay, Job even made a list of things that God should do. Job could not explain why God was not doing such things. So Job would complain about God's behavior. Okay, But a man should not complain about God because God is always fair. Now, I'm going to stop there for a second and say this. A lot of our problems we cause on decisions and stuff that we made throughout our lives. Now, maybe this trial may not even win as long as it did. If Job didn't start accusing God of things, okay? But the important thing is, He's willing to listen to God and he's willing now to trust him. We learned that, okay? God pointed out Job's main error. Job imagined that God was unfair. Job said to himself he was right rather than God. So Elu's opinion of Job was correct. Okay? Because he kind of lost What's the word I'm looking for. He's kind of lost confidence in God. And let me tell you something, saints. We cannot let our trials in life come against us to lose confidence in God. The Bible tells us we need to go to him. He's our way of escape. We need to go to him. And we need to do what? God is telling us to do okay you know it's easy for everyone to sit back and blame God for what's going wrong in their lives but like I said throughout this whole podcast there's three things that God does with this type of trial one is to he wants to prove the devil challenges wrong two he's either wanting to get our attention. To help build something up in our life. So when we do go. Someone might come in our life. That's going through the same thing. That we'll be able to help him. Or three. He's trying to get your attention. Because you're sinning. Okay. Now we know that this started out. As a test. And the test. Did come out. And Job did not curse God. He started questioning God. But he still was with God and he never gave up on God. He was just frustrated. But what we got to learn to do is when we get frustrated is to take it to God. Okay. That is a hard thing to do because us humans don't want to give up. And you know what? Hallelujah. That's a little recap of what we were learning about last week. Now, we're going to get into chapter 41. God's going to finish his speech, okay? And we're going to look at chapter 41, verses 1 and 2. Now, I'd like to apologize. I was a little confused here. My notes got messed up again, and I apologize for that. But I don't. When stuff like this happened, I don't think it's an accident. It's something I think God maybe wanted to recap or to have us hear it again, okay? So, I do apologize for not reading it right, but I also don't apologize that I read the it because God sometimes wants us to re-air it. So, we're going to see now God finishing his speech. And we're going to look at verses 1 and 2 of chapter 41. All right? Now, it says a crocodile is an animal that lives in the river. But you cannot, but you cannot fish for crocodiles. You cannot tie its mouth with ropes. Thick strings. The crocodile is too strong for you. You cannot drag the crocodile. Crocodile by its nose or mouth. Okay. Now you might be saying, why is God talking about a crocodile in this speech of what Job did? Well, at the end of God's speech, God described another strong animal. Okay. We think God was describing this dangerous animal called the crocodile. The crocodile lives in the river, but it can also walk on land. Some crocodiles are very large, and they are very fierce. Job imagined that God was responsible for the troubles. But chapter 1 and 2 explain in Job, in fact, the accuser, called Satan, was the one responsible. Okay, Satan attacked Job because Satan wanted to accuse God that Job was God's servant, one accused God. Job was God's servant, but Satan thought that he would make Job and sought God, and that Job would not trust God if Job was suffering. Now, if you look at it, it partially happened, but he never really did reject God all the way. You know, it, just like I said, we sometimes get to the point where in our human self we get to the end of our rope and we just want to blame somebody. Okay? And and it's too easy for this, we decide to blame God. But I hate to say it, the ones that we need to be blaming is us because God tells us to trust him God shows us to let him lead us God tells us that he's our hedge of protection God tells us he gives us a way of escape okay So he's basically telling us here hey the devil's going to come in to try to fool you and the sad thing is us Christians sometimes fall for it. And the reason why we fall for it is because we don't get into the word of God enough. Okay? Now, it says no one can control the devil. There's only one person in this world that controls the devil, and that is God. And we learned that in chapter 1 and first Gen chapter 2 that even the devil can't go against us unless God allows it. Okay? But just like a person can't control a crocodile, a person cannot control the devil. Only God can. Now, the devil is our fierce enemy. Just like the crocodile. It never tries to escape from trouble. If reaction is always to attack. And the devil's the same way. So if you're looking at this, this is kind of this is kind of appearing the devil to a crocodile. It's a fierce attack, it's relentless, and it's gonna attack you and attack you until it's do it until he destroys you. But you know, First Peter tells us that the devil goes out like a roaring lion. But you know what? He's weak. He might say and whisper to you, I'll kill you if you do this. He might say, I'll, I'll hurt you bad if you do this. I'll take this away if you do this. And he'll whisper this stuff in our ears. But he cannot, he cannot do it unless God gives him permission to Okay. But we gotta realize we can't fight the devil on our own. We gotta let God fight the devil. Okay. Now let's look at three verses three through five. It says, Do you imagine that a crocodile would it ever be gentle? It will fight for freedom. It is fierce. It will never become tame. It would never obey you. You cannot make it into a pet like a bird, and you cannot lead it on strings like a mule or a servant. Basically, you can't teach the devil new tricks. He might come in acting like your friend, but in the end, you give the devil an inch, he'll take a mile, and he'll turn on you. So all these people that trust serology and terror cards and and witchcraft and all this, let me tell you, the devil might be letting, helping you do things, and you might... Be pulling off some things. But let me tell you, in the end, he's going to turn on you. There's going to be a price. And that price he's going to want is your soul. Or your life. It reminds me of a song from Carmen, that great singer. Called The Witch's Invitation. And basically... He invited Carmen in, sat down the way the song goes, and wanted to explain why he believed in God. Basically, when I could do everything he did, well, if you remember right, all the all the sorcerers and and people of the Egyptian Pharaoh could do the same thing that Pharaoh did but you know in the end the Pharaoh paid a price by God's punishment but you know what in the end God's punishment because the bible tells us to stay away from witchcraft bible tells us to stay away from and 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 all that because it's evil and in the end the evil will overtake you and you will lose God forever. Sorry that I got to be this way. But it's true. You're never going to tame, be tamed by him. You're going to be tamed. If you follow the way of the evil ways. Ooh, I'm sorry. But I got to teach it like God's teaching it to me. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's look at verses 6-9. to I mean, 6-11. to Merchants will not bargain for the meat of crocodiles. Storekeepers cannot cut up the meat in order to sell it. You cannot hurt the crocodile with spears or harpoons like a large fish. Spears and harpoons are long knives like swords. If you touch the crocodile... You would have terrible struggles. And if you would never touch the crocodile again, do not even imagine that you could control a crocodile. You could never win the fight against a crocodile. When you see the crocodile, you know this. No one dares to upset a crocodile. But God made the crocodiles. So be sure that the crocodiles could oppose me. Owe nothing to anyone. Everything belongs to me. What is God telling us here through these verses, through his speech? He's telling us again, hey, the enemy is like a crocodile. You are not going to be able to control things in yourself. So when you're going through the storms of life, when you're going through attacks from the enemy, you need to come with me and come to me and let me take care of the devil for you. You can't fight the devil on your own. Because your flesh is too weak and you will fall. Bottom line. That's what God is telling us. Bottom line. Okay? Let's look at verses 12 through 17 now god's going to describe the crocodile here okay says i shall tell you about the crocodile i shall speak about its legs its strength and its great great graceful shape the crocodile's hard skin protects the animal from attack nobody would try to control the crocodile and no one would try to open the mouth and teeth are terrible. Crocodile's back seems to be roll of shields. The word shields mean the metal plate that soldiers use to protect his body. The roll of shields are neat. <coughs> Excuse me. Each shield touches the next shield. Even air cannot pass between the shields, and the shields join each other. They do not separate. Okay? We would not normally describe the crocodile as graceful, but perhaps God meant that the skin of the crocodile today, crocodile skin make attractive leather. Okay? It describes and explains why man cannot attack the crocodile. Crocodiles will try to bite the man and no part of the crocodile body seems enough to the sword. Basically, again, we're going back into it. Just like in our human self, we cannot defeat the devil because we don't have the tools to defeat him. But we do. What? What do you mean we do? You just said we don't. We do. We need to rebuke him in the name of Jesus. If you rebuke the devil in the name of Jesus, he is going to have to flee. But he's relentless and he's going to come back. And that's when you like, God, God, the devil's attacking me. You come and take care of him. I'll keep sending him away, but you come and take care of him. You open the door. Years ago, when I was listening to the first church I got saved in, and the pastor was preaching, and then the pastor is still there, his name Pastor Gary Levi. <clears throat> and he was talk telling a story about a little girl. There was a knock on the door. And it was the devil. Well, when the knock on the door came, someone said, Aren't you gonna answer it? The little girl says, No. I'm going to let Jesus answers and take care of the devil. That's what we need to do. We need to be like our big, like like this little girl and call on our big brother, Jesus. Just like the kids do to take care when we need help. Let's look at verses eighteen to twenty of Job forty one. The crocodile twenty one, I'm sorry. The crocodile rises from the river. First you hear when it sneezes. He sneezes a sound when the crocodile clears the water from his noise. When the crocodile sneezes, light flashes actually sees the sunlight with the reflection in the water. From the crocodile's nose. Then you notice the crocodile's eyes. The crocodile's eyes are red like light of dawn. Fire seems to come out of the crocodile's mouth. Smoke seems to come up from the crocodile's nose. You might think that the the plants near the river are burning. You might think that the spot boils above with fire. But then you realize that the crocodile is there. You might think that the crocodile's breath is coals, and that the coals where you think that the pot boils. You might think the flames come from the crocodile's mouth. God's given me two things here. The first thing is the Bible does tell us how our enemy attacks us, just like he's tell, showing us now. But the devil makes things attractive. It's like the crocodile. He makes a noise. And then we look and we keep watching. We see the eyes and we try to figure out what it is. But then it's too late when we realize what it is. Sometimes it's too late. That's why we need to let God guide us through what's going on in our lives. Bottom line, bottom line. Let's look at verses 22 to 25. It says, the crocodile's neck is so strong and everyone is afraid. Even the fat part of the crocodile's body body is are thick and firm. The upper part of the crocodile's body are strong like rocks or like stone. Even strong men are afraid when they see the crocodile when it moves and runs. In other words, we need to run. Instead of being curious about it. We need to run. And we need to run to our father, God, our big brother, Jesus. And let him take care of it. Let's look at verses 30 through 32. It says, The lower part of a crocodile's body are like sharp pieces of pot. Behind it, the crocodile leaves tracks in the mud. This track is like a vehicle track. The crocodile s- stirs the water like boiling pots. And the crocodile mixes the water like the pot of medicine. Mm-hmm. The crocodile leaves a patch behind in the water that looks like the river was right and fair. Basically what this is telling us, is teaching us that we can know our enemies. God has taught us to look for the signs of our enemy. And if, if something's coming to you that's contrary to God's word, run. Run. God gives us signs. And we need to run. Let's look at verses 33 through and 34 of this chapter. And then we'll go in the verse 42. It says, the crocodile fears nobody. And and so the animal is a great crocodile. The crocodile insults the the proudest animals. The crocodile is like the king of everyone who is proud. Some people are very proud, but no one can continue to prove proud when they see the crocodile. Their proud words cannot protect them from such a dangerous animal. The devil is also pretty proud. The devil is not afraid of anybody except God. But God is much more powerful than the devil. So we need to trust God will help us when when the devil opposes us. We should learn how to be strong Christians. We find that in the book of Ephesians chapter 6, 10 through 18. And we should use the Bible against the devil as Jesus did, Matthew 4, 1 through 10. So what's this telling us? What have we learned from this chapter? What have we learned from this crocodile that we need to go to God for help? Because alone we are not going to make it. We need to let God fight our battles, and we need to run when the crocodile, to God when the crocodile is coming, and we need not to be transfigured by what's going on. We sense something wrong. We need to take care of it and we need to run. Okay? Now let's come to chapter 42 for our last 25 minutes. And chapter 42 actually is is actually a good thing. It's not going to be long at all. In fact, chapter 42, chapter, I'm calling it the end of Job's trouble. Let's look at verses 1 through 6 of Job 42. Then Job answered God and said, I know that you can do anything. You plan always succeeds. You said, Job, you have spoken all things that you do not know. I confess that I did not understand these things. These things are wonderful and I did not know them. Job continued to say to me, listen, and I will speak. I have a test for you, and you must answer me, but I cannot answer you. I heard what the people said about you, but now I myself see you. So I must be humble, and I'm sorry, and I will place dust and ashes on my head. And there are signs to to show you that I'm sorry. Now, God finished up everything. He's asking Job for his his answer. Because he told me he was going to give him a test and he wanted answers. And he basically says, I see you. I see what you've done. And I can't answer you. But what I do, and I appreciate you showing me and telling me all this stuff. But I confessed. He asked for forgiveness. So when we make mistakes, we got to go and ask God to forgive us. See, we know, I wish you could see my hands, this part of our life, a little part of our life, God knows the beginning, middle, and end of our lives. We need to learn to trust Him. We need to be humbled and let God take care of us. Okay? So Job got humble. Okay? Let's look at verses 7 and 8. It says, After God said these words to Job, God spoke to Epez. Epez belonged to the people called Timonites. God said, I am angry with you, and I am so angry with Bildad and Zohar. Job, who is my servant, said the right things about me, but you did not. So take seven bulls, male cows, and seven rams, male sheep. Take them to Job because of my servant. Job is my servant. And kill the animals and burn them as a gift unto me. Then Job, who is my servant, will pray for you. And I will answer his prayer. And then I will not punish you. Then I shall not punish you for the foolish words. Job, who is my, my servant said the right things about me. But you did not. So what does this mean? Well, he got done with Job. And even though Job made that one mistake, he said Job says all the right words. Job just got a little frustrated and started blaming God. Okay? But now he's focusing on his three friends. Joe's three friends. Epis, Bildad, and Zopher. Okay. And basically, he's telling them, I got odd against you. And to make things right, you need to go get seven bulls each. Seven bulls, male cows, and seven ram, rams, male sheep. And you need to kill him and sacrifice him and have Job pray for you because he's my servant. In other words, not only did God was going to punish them for what they did, he humbled them to do it to who the person they hurt. God will bring you peace. Now, as a human, Job could have said, no, I'm not praying for these three. They put me through all this grief. Well, we find in verses 9, in verse 9, let's go there, says the name of Job, three friends were Ephes, and who belonged to the people of the Tenanites, Bildad, who belonged to the people of the Shuttites, Zopar, who belonged to the people of namanites they obey god and god answered job's prayer job prayed for them you know the bible tells us to pray for our enemies and it's like a coal of fire on their heads cuz when we pray god gives us a perspective of what's going on mm-hmm. You might be saying, well, what about Elu? Well, let's find out about Elu. Job's friends. Were ang- Job prayed for his friends and God forgave them. Note that God was, ang- was not angry with Elu. Elu said the right things. In other words, he believed Job was wrong, but he was questioning what Job. Was wrong about not what they were saying, the other friends. Okay, so let's look at verses 10 through thir- uh, 10 through 15. Hallelujah! We got two more sections here. Is that God makes Job successful again? After Job prayed for his friends, God made Job successful again. God gave Job double what Job had before his trouble. So that means a set of seven thousand sheep, Job got fourteen thousand sheep. Instead of six thousand I mean uh, three thousand camels, he got back six thousand camels. Instead of five hundred pairs of oxen, he got a thousand pair of oxen. Instead of five hundred donkeys, he got a thousand donkeys. Okay, and going back to reading, verse 11, And many people visit these people, including Job's brother and sister. So he had family that would not even come around. All his former friends came too. They ate with Job in Job's house. They sympathized with Job, and they confronted him about his troubles. With God brought about, each person gave Job some money and a gold ring. Okay. God also, He used the people that would not help Him through His time to bless Him. Okay. But then he, like I said, he got fourteen thousand sheep. He had six thousand camels. He had 1,000 pair of oxen and 1,000 donkeys. Which before it was only 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 pair of oxen, and 500 donkeys. Now he's doubled. Job also had seven sons, three daughters. Job and his daughters, Jeremiah, Kaiza, Kiran, Hap, punch. Job's daughters were the most beautiful women in the entire country, and Job ordered that his sons should share the family wealth with the daughters. So Job got back enough money to take care of all of his kids. And that was kind of, uh, kind of uh, in- significant here that Job ordered that the brothers Shared the wealth with the daughters because back in their day, that day, only the sons got the money. But Job is setting the precedence here that that his daughters should share in the wealth too, just like God lets all of us, men and women, share in our inheritance with God. Job's long life, verse sixteen and seventeen. Job lived a hundred and forty years after these events. He lived so long that he saw the children of his children of his own grandchildren. Job's life was long and successful. Job was very old when he died. Job he even blessed Job with a long life. God gave him everything back, doubled, and I think that even means kids-wise. And I want to go back to verse one here. I mean, chapter one, so we can look that up to make sure, because you know, that's what we need to do when we're going through the when we're going through studying. Make sure it's right. So I'm bringing down the computer down to the notes from chapter one that we had when we started. Just give me time because there's a lot of notes here. All right. Verse, chapter one, verse one. He had seven sons and three daughters. And... But Job got everything back and doubled. But I think the notes are kind of different here. Let's go back to chapter 42. Someone, my notes got written out wrong. I think there was a typo here, but we do know it wasn't my typo because I got the notes from there. Um, But let's settle this this way. Let me go. Hallelujah. I just want to make sure I'm giving you the facts. Okay, and see, the the, the broadcast that I'm reading, I mean, the notes I'm reading has the scriptures written. Let's see here. Mm -hmm. Okay, he has seven sons and three daughters in the beginning see what he had when he ended up, because they said everything was doubled, so I just want to make sure I'm reading it right, okay, man, he has seven sons and three daughters, so God gave them back his sons and everything that he had, okay, and it's So, he had the same sons, and he had the same daughters. But I'm also noticing that he had for Hallelujah, God is good. Hold on. I know, I just want to make sure I'm telling you right. Because I didn't, I seen something that I didn't like, and... And, you know, when you see it, you got to make sure, you know, it's my job to make sure I tell you guys right. You know, that way I'm not lying to you. Did I take my job very seriously. Okay, it says here he had 4,000 sheep. So, let's go back to Job chapter 1. He had forty. okay. This says he had 7,000 sheep. Okay, now let's go back to 42. If you're looking at your Bible, go back to chapter 42, and we'll deal with it. So it says he has 7,000 sheep. And I'm getting back to the notes. There's pages and pages of notes here. It's just, I I did study it, but it just, something didn't seem right when I was telling you, but it's looking like it, it, it is right. It just didn't look right to me at first. So it said he has 7,000 sheep. So he has 14. So in other words, everything worked out, doubled like God said. Okay? And that means God's going to give you double back what you lost. He's going to give you back what you had and more. And let me tell you something, saints. Our God is good. And he's good all the time. And this has been a wonderful podcast. Broadcast with you. Bible study. And I think that you guys do join me. And. I hope you still continue to join me. As we. Go into the next podcast. And I think I'm being led to go into the book of Psalms. And. We'll see. At at this point, I'm going to say we're going to go into the book of Psalms. But I think, you know, we'll see for sure if God changes that. Because sometimes God changes, but I'm feeling led to go into the book of Psalms. So I'll see you next Tuesday. I know today, it got recorded on Wednesday. But, you know. We were having some internet problems and But the internet problems are fixed And so that's why we did the broadcast today We apologize and hopefully that our signal keeps going the way it should On that note I'd like to say For the ones that have been praying, I know we haven't brung up Our prayer list lately, and we've got about nine minutes left of the hour that I can record. Um, my dad, his aneurysm's doing good, it's still there, it hasn't grown. My mom, well, we might have figured out what was going on with her back. Her back's still kind of having problems, but they got her on oxygen, and she's starting to feel better, and I think her back is starting to feel better, so I praise God for that. But we're still going to pray for my mom and dad, and, um... And still pray for my grandma, Victoria, because she's got stuff going on. And we need to pray for my cousin Sharon's kids to get their own place. And and then unspoken for my friend Sean, who is a brother from another mother, and for his mom and dad. And then for my friend, for a, a healing that God promises him. Because he's kind of paralyzed right now from the waist down. And he's been like that for a few years. But we know God, God said that, told us that he's going to heal him. So we're going to pray for these needs. And so the you know, and the other ones, if I didn't mention them, we moved on. Because things are going good there. But then we're at the current list. So let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we ask you to take a call. Right now, we ask you to touch my dad and continue to not let that aneurysm grow or let it disappear. Be with my mom's back. Continue to let the air work and maybe fix the problem. Be with my grandma Lord with her ears and her eyes and her her walking. Let everything go a little bit better for her at 94. We ask you to be with my cousin Sharon and help her kids find a place to live on their own. And we ask you all this in Jesus' name, amen. And on that note, join me this Friday for God's Internet Church Online Serve Wednesday Night Bible Study. It's been off the air. I know I've been promoting it, but we've been having signal problems, like I said. And um, But we'll, we will be on the air this Friday. Unless there's a signal problem, we should be on the air. Um... Join us on God's Internet Church group on Facebook. Just go to the search bar and type in God's Internet Church online group. It will bring up our page and it will be posted there and it should go live there. But if it doesn't, it will get there. We ask you to join us live. You can do that by asking for... If you're listening, looking up Ron Weaver, and can see where it says God's Internet Church, but ask for a friendship request, and we can join. We can get you to join, but if you go to God's Internet Church, then like I said, with the with the search bar. And put in the group. You can join there. We don't have no, no uh, problems. It's easy to get joined. To join. And you'll become a member automatically. And on that note. I like to say God bless you. Join me Friday for God's Internet Church Podcast. Wednesday night study. Not podcast. On the book of Proverbs. I think we're on chapter 17. Or we're going to be on chapter 18. And then join us this Sunday night for God's internet church online service and on that note I'd like to say God bless you and see you next time for God's internet church podcast next Tuesday and God bless you.